Good evening, Sports Zonians. How's everybody doing out there tonight? I am Mike Agri-Loro. I am your host. For this is Sports Zone. Recording with you live like we do each and every week here via the I-95 Sports and Entertainment Radio Network. We got a good show for you tonight. We will actually be joined by Dave Hastings and Eric Tressler to start off the program. I am admitting them into the room right now, so they will be joining us in a matter of seconds here. We got a good show for you tonight. We're going to be talking about the NFL Week 2. We got a little bit of baseball to talk about, but mostly we're going to be talking about the NFL Week 2. I'm sure everybody's got some college stuff they want to try chime in here. I know this was a big weekend in college football, but everybody's here right off the jump. Dave Hastings, how you doing? Living that dream, my man. Living that dream. Aren't we all? Yes, that's true. Good to have you here tonight. Eric Tressler, how you doing, brother? I'm doing uh, all right. I feel that one too. I hear. I think we all feel that Live one. Too. <laughs> another, another glorious day around the sun. No doubt. No doubt. All right. So let's start this show off right. We got some football here to talk about. We got NFL Week Two to talk about here. Well, and it takes a year to go around the sun, doesn't it? I, I'm pretty sure it does. That's why the year's 365 yeah. days long. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that, that didn't make sense at all, what I said. I mean, we all went over. with it. I went with it. We would have been fine. Yeah. We would have been okay. But I appreciate the authenticity. Okay, so before we go on to NFL Week 2, I have a surprise for you gentlemen. I have a surprise for you guys because... Unless it's hookers we, and blow, I don't know how much we're going to love it. Well, that can be for off the show. <laughs> that can be I'm just for kidding. off there. But anyway, no... I want to introduce someone who is making his podcast sports own debut. This gentleman was a big part of the studio. This is sports Zone, but I don't think this gentleman has ever been on this show for more than 30 seconds. So we have to introduce this person. We have to give him the fanfare he deserves. We all know Larry Schmelrose, and I'm pretty sure the agreement I made with these two gentlemen earlier today was that Larry Schmelwoz would be on for picks. But for right now, I must introduce, making his sports own podcast debut, ladies and gentlemen, Eric Pfeiffer is here. Eric Pfeiffer, how you doing there, buddy? I'm good, Mike. It's been a long time. Long time yes. I've talked to you guys. I mean, I yes. I've seen Eric since personally and things like that. But of course. I haven't spoken to you and Dave and... Geez, I couldn't tell you how long. And, we uh, we met the one time at Eric's uh, wedding, and I have not been able to talk to you since. I can't get you on the phone, brother. I we, had convers- we had a good conversation earlier today, you, me, and Schmel Rose, and we came to a little bit of an understanding of how things go. So Eric Pfeiffer is on this show, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Thank you. And, uh, you know, I have um, Welcome. a lot's changed. A lot's changed. I've had a kid. I've, been, I've gotten married. Uh, my kid is seven months old. My wife, beautiful Chrissy, my beautiful son, Reed. So lots changed. I'd love to talk some football for you. And yes, Schmelrose, uh, of the two of us, he is in town 
Uh, he's on his way over here. He said he'd be here by picks. Of the, I just like talking football. Of the two yes. of us, he's the degenerate gambler, so he's better with <laughs> And obviously you can see by his record so far through the first two weeks why he's a degenerate gambler. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Well, plus oh, I figured crazy. it's a great time to bring you on because, I mean, you know, as much as he could go into all the, all the gambling aspects, I know you, much like myself, have to be like – just absolutely saddened and horrified by the state of the New York Giants. Yeah, let's start uh, there. Let's go there. Go right ahead. Well, let me ask you guys a question. How many times have you seen a guy like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Patrick Mahomes uh, going down the field, good drive, second, third quarter, and they, they have to settle for a field goal, and it's like they're coming to the sidelines elated. How many Never. times have you seen that? Never. But the New York Never. Giants do it. The New York Giants do They're it. They're excited to get any kind of points on the board. It's it's ridiculous. Like, they were settling the whole game long. I watched them kick field goal after field goal after field goal. I said, it doesn't matter what happens. They're going to lose this game. Number two reason is you watch a guy like Kyle Rudolph come up and pop a guy, right? And you're like, all right, he made a pop. And then all of a sudden he gives him a hug like, hey, man, how's it going? You see Chase Young doing that? You know why Chase Young's so great? Because Chase Young plays with a chip on his shoulder. You may be buddy-buddy with him, but it ain't during the game. And I watched that happen multiple times with the New York Giants where we're, we're hitting guys and then we're giving them a hug. Like, what? And it's just like, for me, it's unorganized. It's 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 just nasty. And I think the networks are driving the point home. Um, you know, they keep talking about how Gettleman said he had to get hog mollies and fix the offensive line. And the networks keep putting that meme up. Hopefully the owners see it because their best offensive lineman, though he had a couple of mistakes, was their center, Billy Price. First start with the team, got traded here at the end of preseason, and he was their best offensive lineman. Guy who ain't even been here. And this guy's been trying to fix the offensive line for how long? Just Didn't we have a first-round pick who was supposed to help us there? Didn't we have like, yeah, I think we've had a couple. Like the fourth overall pick? Does anybody yeah. even remember his name? Yeah, Anthony Thomas. He sucks. I thought that's what it was. Yeah. Well, to go to to go to Fife's point right there. I mean, when LT popped the guy, the only time he felt bad or showed any remorse was when he broke Theismann's ankle, which was understandable. So I I agree with Fife on that one. You guys can continue though. I agree. I echo everything he's saying. But to me, too, this team, he, they don't have a killer. They don't have a will to win. I mean, you got guys like Galladay who came from a team like the Lions. Like, he's used to losing. And he's getting upset on the sidelines and even saying, like, this is out of character for me. I'm not usually like this. Like, <laughs> he's getting like that, like that here. And he didn't even get like that in Detroit. Mm. Where they perpetually suck. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand it. Tony, shut your mouth. You're lucky to be on this team. You shouldn't even have been drafted. Not by us, anyway. Like, I mean, <laughs> we're absolutely absurd with what's going on with this team, and it just doesn't seem like they have the leadership right now on the team to fix it in the locker room and to smash some heads together and get people back on the same page. I don't think they have it right now. I don't think they have those people there. Hmm. I, I don't know if you guys ain't got anything else to chime in. Dave, you got anything to chime in? Well, I mean, things would look a lot better if the refs got a call right for the Giants. Um, 
I think everybody at this point or at some point has seen the replay of the phantom offsides when he missed the field goal, and he definitely Dude, but that was a joke, offside. though. Not to, not to cut you off, Dave, but, I mean, you saw our text thread there. We were play-by-play, blow-by-blow, like, going through this game. I was into this game. I was into, into like, I was – this is the most into a giant game I had been in probably the last season and a half, at least, invested sitting up, actually watching, texting people back and forth, involved in the game. And you could just tell the way this was playing out that they were going to lose. They were going to find a way to lose this game. And you can blame it on the refs all you want. But, like, I would, like literally was sitting there texting a group of friends, and I was like, you know, they're not really going to give him the ball back with two minutes to go in the game, right? Like, they're not going to give him the ball. They're not going to do that. They're not... Everything that they did, they did. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it is – Ridiculous. And I think there was five things that were pointed out. I can't name them all, but I was listening to some uh, other people talk about the game. And apparently there were five things could have happened at the end of the game in the last four minutes of the game. That If any one of those five things would have went right, the Giants would have won the game. They didn't get any of them right. So, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and blame the refs for a phantom offside call because I got to be honest. In real time, when I first looked at it right after the game, and I mean, if you don't slow it down and break it down, yeah, it looked pretty close. He might have been offside. I, I I couldn't call it in the moment there. Look, I, and I've, I'm not going to sit here and blame it. I'm not going to blame the refs for his loss. This team sucks. No, They're you the can't, worst look, team in the NFL. As a Cowboys fan, if there's one thing I know, you don't blame the refs for losses because you can blame a play or a moment on a on a ref. But when it's all said and done, it's 60 min, minutes of football, and you got to be the better team. So I, I'm with you there. And not to mention the only time I noticed he was offside is when I literally saw the frame by frame breakdown and human beings don't see like that. So I, I'm not blaming the refs for their loss, but they would have gotten a win if it technically was called correctly. But either way, you you guys are experiencing something similar to what Dallas went through with all those years of Jason Garrett. He has a very old-school style of mindset when it comes down to calling plays and running an offense. And with the offensive talent that team has, look, I get it. Your offensive line's not far from good. But you can adjust to compensate for that, and he doesn't. Um, You know, Daniel Jones being your leading rusher, like, yeah, I have no problem with him being a threat in the run game, but he shouldn't be your leading rusher. Um, You know, very, very – predictable play calling it's very jason garrett it's very 1995 um and and that's not going to win in today's nfl and and i think that's really where you're really seeing the issue is that that offense should be spread out that offense should be quick hits it should be bubble screens it should be get the ball out of the quarterback's hand let your playmakers take the ball and go um and jason garrett is more eye formation and you know run on first down run on second down throw a slant on third down um so i i think and then your defense i think they what's sad to me is i almost feel like they carried over a mentality of last year that their offense isn't good enough to help them win games and they almost look like they quit as the game wears on through the first two weeks they they play pretty tough early um and then you see them kind of fade out as the game goes on because their offense isn't putting up the points they expect them to um, but if I'm the Giants, the first thing I'm doing is I'm getting rid of Jason Garrett. I'm bringing in somebody young and that wants to be creative and try to have some fun and see if that does anything for him. And if not, 
you end up in the spot where I think a lot of giant fans expected to be at the end of this year anyway, where you're basically planning on cleaning house from top to bottom and starting all over again with your general manager and coaching staff. Listen, all I'm going to throw in here is I think we all knew when Garrett was named the offensive coordinator for the Giants, I think we all thought that was a mistake. We knew what Garrett was. Like, maybe better as a coordinator than a head coach. All right, fine. That doesn't mean he's a good offensive coordinator. And the fact that you have Galladay coming out and saying that his heated discussion was with Garrett instead of Daniel Jones. And then you see what the Giants have been the first two weeks. We, like, Eric Fife, you guys knew what you were getting with, with Garrett. Neither of you guys wanted him. This is what you guys got now, unfortunately. So, unfortunately, that's the way it is. I don't know if you guys have anything else you want to throw in on this. If you guys do, feel free. If not, we're going to move on to other games. Yeah, I just want to say, like, judge all of them. Fucking clean house. Gone. See and That's I can't lie, bus. like I was optimistic about uh, Garrett, offensive coordinator, but now I'm not. And one thing I did see was after Barkley, I think it was after his big play or it was after a play, he came running off the field. Uh, a couple coaches went to congratulate him. He just kind of walked right by him and uh, went right up to his running backs coach like they like they weren't even there. Um, so if something's wrong over there. Um, I'm pretty sure he's saying he he's not 100 percent. He's so flat out also, come out and said that he doesn't trust the knee yet. I'm also pretty sure I saw him uh, in exchange with him and James Franklin where, you know, uh, Franklin said, how's it going? And he said, not like this. And he pointed to the crowd and it looked like a mouth. It sucks. So I'm sure I don't think he's very happy right now. I don't think any of them are very happy right now. And uh, I, <laughs> I don't know, man. Galladay, it looked like Jones was going after him after that. So. I mean, just everything's in shambles, and you gotta you gotta point the fingers at the head coach. So well, I guess it was wrong that, about uh, him Everybody too. came in saying Judge was supposed to be this guy, and listen, I think a lot of people have tried to give him a chance. I mean, I, I think even you, Pipe, have really like been a pretty not big like fan of his, but you've been really wanting to give him a chance, thinking that he could turn into a really good coach, even if not here. You said I've even heard you say not here, maybe in his next stint somewhere else, but. At the same time, when you see the penalties, you see the issues with the team, you see the lack of control in the locker room, you see all the stuff that's not really what you would normally see out of, like, a Belichick-type program. Like, do you look at Judge any differently now? Because, I mean, i got to be honest, I was trying to give him a chance, too, even though I've been a little bit more critical of him than you have. Um, I don't ever want to see him fail. I always want this team to do well. So, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that he proves me wrong. But at the same time, he's really not doing that. And if anything, he's going the wrong way. Um, and the team's kind of falling apart. So, I'm just wondering, do you still think that even though Judge didn't really make it here and doesn't seem like he's going to make it here, do you still think in his next coaching stint? Or do you think this is kind of sour in the waters and some of these younger players are now going to disperse amongst the league and be like, ah, I didn't like my time under him? Well, you know, uh, I think I, like many other Giants fans, can admit – well, some won't admit because of pride, egos, or whatever. But I'll admit that I was sold by great marketing by a New York media of an idea of who he was. And I don't – I loved what I was sold, but I don't believe that he's living up to what everybody said he was. So that's the thing. Like, we all loved the idea of who he was supposed to be coming here. 
but he's not living up to that idea. If he was that guy and his team just wasn't performing, that's fine. But when you see guys fighting on the sideline, guys cold shouldering coaches, guys hugging opposing players after they pop them, like all those things are not what I expected. Plus, our special teams is a joke half the time. I mean, we got guys going off sides, whether you frame by frame it or not. You shouldn't be jumping on that. He's right over the ball. I don't care. All right. So you can say he timed it that good. I don't think he did. I think he got drawn off and he just got lucky in the frame by frame, but I think it was the right call. Plus they didn't deserve to win the game because you put him in that range to hit it anyway. Yep. So it's but just to transition uh, a little bit from here into mess. another topic. I want to transition a little bit to another topic though, that I know you're going to have opinions on because to jump to a team that's actually seeming to be doing it a little bit right. And to see a guy like this actually step up, at perform, and if I'm not mistaken, he did have the sack that ended the game, and the Giants could have had him, and they don't. Makai Parsons and the Dallas Cowboys. I gotta say, uh, seeing what he's doing, and you know, and the way that that team's performing, and the way he's stepping up, and you know, making plays and doing things. Making me wish we might have made a little decision differently other than Tony there in the first round this year. I mean, I was pushing that, too, going into it. And you guys watched my – like, so when the Giants play Thursday or Sunday or Monday night, I'm, I'm red zone one to seven. And that's all I am. And, and what I noticed – Oh, yeah, me the, too. When the, Gi- when, the, when the Cowboys defense was on the field, number 11 was in the play. Anytime it flashed to red zone, he was there. So – uh, I didn't get to see the whole game, but I did hear a lot of good things about him. And, uh, you know, they made the right move, and we didn't. I mean, we got a guy who's complaining. You're a rookie, dude. You're a rookie. Sit down. Shut up. There's a reason you're they a had rookie. to get CJ board your carry in the beginning of the game. You're not doing Negative right. two yards. You're not doing something right. Something's wrong, you know. So CJ board is getting time over you. You don't complain about it. You go back to work, you work harder, you find a way to get yourself on the field. So the Giants had a shot at him. They didn't take it. I was mad at mad about it at the draft, but I kind of had to say, hey, you know, I was big on them taking Saquon Barkley. And as we can see so far, that's not working out. Um, you know, that is a pretty high place to draft a running back. So uh, I don't know. You know, it's just I, I wish we would have got him. And it's going to suck to have to play against them for a pretty long time. Well, I'm going to throw the, I'm going to let Dave do the bulk of this because when it comes to the Cowboys, I'm still not using superlatives, but all I want to throw in here, we've said this time and time again on the show. uh, Toomey is a number three wide receiver. The idea that you would trade down when you have a chance to take Parsons or any of the offensive linemen who were available at that time and you trade down for what you feel is the area of need, and it's a number three wide receiver, as opposed to going to best available player on the board. We've seen it years and years on end here. That's a recipe for disaster. Never mind the idea. What the hell are you doing taking a slot receiver as your first overall pick in the draft? What are you doing doing that? You should take best available player. If that player fits your need, great. But the Cowboys have have gotten a lot of credit over years 
for taking the best available player, whether it was C.D. Lamb, Zeke, a couple other guys can fall into that. Even if it was, you know, filling an area of already depth, you take the best available player. Giants didn't do that. They took what they felt was the need for them. Now, obviously, they had 5,000 other needs before third wide receiver. So we all killed that pick. Every one of us did that. And we all agree with that. Uh, Fife, I know your boy Schmelrose was very high on the guy they took in the second round of the draft. I believe he was a linebacker out of Georgia. But I know you were very high on Parsons. And you guys passed over him. You guys can be forgiven for not taking Parsons if the guy you eventually take with that first overall pick is someone who could be considered the best, best available player there. A third wide receiver. And we knew when, we t- when they took him, he was the third wide receiver. That's not your best available player. And it's just that simple, in my opinion. Dave, go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, look, I think Micah um, has proven his value so far, uh, but he's two games into his career, so I'm not going and buying his jersey just yet. Mm -hmm. Um, All in all, I mean, when it comes down to the Cowboy game, I think uh, you still see a team that has holes and has issues but was able to pull out a win. Um, I think you see a team that – what I liked was that, you know, everybody was like, oh, they threw the ball too much in week in week one. They, they should run the ball more. And what I like is that you're seeing an offensive coordinator and a head coach that are on the same page that says you call your offensive game plan based off the team you're playing. And, you know, Tampa Bay is not an easy team to run the ball against. They were easier to throw against than – the Chargers were an easier uh, with them playing too high safety was an easier team to run against and throw against. Um, defensively, though, I, I was very, very happy with what I watched. I was actually very, very surprised with what I watched. Uh, holding that offense to, you know, uh, 17 points is no easy feat to do. So I was definitely happy with that. But I mean, at the same time, there are moments in that game that you would have liked to have seen the defense make a play when they didn't, but that's every game. So all in all, I mean, look, I'll be honest. I walked away from that game feeling a little bit better than I did when I walked away from uh, the game against the Bucks, And that's really just because they won. Uh, other than that though, performance wise, I think offensively they didn't play as well as they could have. Um, but one thing I really hope that we get to see for the rest of the year is that they continue to balance out the touches between uh, Zeke and Pollard because I think Pollard has done more than enough even before this year to, to show that that man deserves more than, uh, you know, five or ten plays a game. Yeah, I tell you this. As a guy who took Pollard with his fantasy draft in, uh, like, the second to last round, to see him have the game that he had, you kind of got to balance that out between Zeke and Pollard. Like, Dave, you've been critical of the Zeke contract extension for a very long time here. It's pretty obvious that, you know, a guy like Pollard drafted in a later round can have the same value as, as a guy like Zeke. So that's going to be very interesting to watch going forward. 
But let's get off this. Let's talk about some other things that happened in the NFL this week here. Um, I'll tell you this. I I wound up being very surprised that I was in a Survivor League uh, for this season. And I'm so happy I didn't take Cincinnati over Chicago. I'm so happy I didn't take that one. Cleveland gave me a minute where I almost had a heart attack. But I'm so happy I didn't take Cincinnati over Chicago. And I think that's a good place to start. So I'll let you guys go from there. Who wants to go first? I, I think it's I think it's hysterical that you've already worked in your fantasy football team and the Survivor League into the show already. I'm good at segues. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I just got I got to point that out. You, you thank you, you you've thank you. I will take that um, as a compliment. I am taking a small bow. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> thank um, you. Yeah, no, Cleveland was uh, my pick. They they had me sweating there for a minute there, and the, um, but. Took care of business the way they should have against the Texans. Can I say uh, something real quick? I'm sorry to cut you yeah, off, Eric. Only if it's about Tyrod Taylor. I want to know anybody got an injury update? Is he gonna be all right? Because I, I only think oh, I have no, no, I just, I just, I just want to say there. when you, I like, I was working on Sunday when you guys texted me and told me that Baker Mayfield was out of the game. I almost fucking burned the building down. I seriously almost did because I completely forgot that Cleveland cost me my Survivor League pool last season. So the idea that that was going to happen two years in a row, I almost set the building on fire. I really did. I'm sorry. I have no updates on Tyrod Taylor. Taylor's Taylor got placed on IR with a hamstring injury. Should be out for three weeks. All right. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> no problem. Mm. All right. I, I'll let you guys take it from there, though. Anything else from week two that stuck out to you guys? Anybody? I mean, I, look, the the one team I think that sticks out more than anybody from this past week is uh, the Raiders. Um, it, to think that they, you know, beat Baltimore in week one and then go to Pittsburgh and beat Pittsburgh in week two, um, I think that really speaks volumes for that team. They, they beat Pittsburgh without Josh Jacobs. Um, you know, they were able to get uh, rug, uh, rugs involved and had – uh, a good balanced attack, even without having um, Jacobs. Derek Carr is playing a really good football uh, defensively. Um, oh, my God, his name slipped in my mind. Their pass rusher, he's been playing lights out. Like, I, I don't know. I think Oakland deserves a lot of credit for how they performed so far. Um, they, they really deserve some credit because they, they – They'd be that'd be really good. I didn't even know Oakland had a team. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Uh, oh, I my, if, my apologies. If, if you're thinking about who <laughs> I'm thinking about, it's the guy who used to be the Jacksonville edge rusher. I can't pronounce his name. No, no, it's a it's a white guy. I know how rare that is in the game of football at this point. Uh, oh, to be athletic. are you sure it's not a T.J. Watt? Uh, positive. <laughs> well, I, I just to read down their depth chart. Max Crosby, Quentin Jefferson, Jonathan Crosby. Hankins, Crosby. Crosby. All right. Okay. I mean, dude's played out his mind. So I think all, all, both, uh, Oakland deserves credit, especially two weeks in a row. Um, and you cannot be happy to see uh, what happened in Baltimore against Kansas City. Um, I thought that was uh, – it, it was great to see. It was great to see uh, how they caught Harbaugh screaming out to um, – 
Lamar to see if he wanted to go for it on fourth down instead of punting. Um, like, I, I just – I thought that was a great moment for that team. I mean, if there's been any team that's been their Achilles heel, it's been Kansas City. So, uh, those were probably the, – those are the first two things that really come to mind thinking about week two and what we've seen so far. Mm. Yeah, it was shocking to see Baltimore hold on and get that victory. I will say that. So the idea that Lamar Jackson can't perform under the lights. They finally got the monkey off their bat. They beat Cleveland. Or excuse me, they beat uh, Kansas City. Wow. Yeah, let's move on. Anything else? I mean, I picked up that Derrick Henry uh, is the most game-changing running back in the league right now. The way they came back off of runs from him, I mean, they just give him the ball. They started throwing it to him. They just did everything. And, um, I mean, they were dead to rights, lost that game in my mind by the second half because of the way they performed the week before. So the Titans' comeback was nice against a good quality Seattle team. Uh, to see, like I said, Derrick Henry is just a beast. I mean, I knew he was good. You know, you know he gets stronger as the year goes on. But the game-changing ability for a guy who runs like Derrick Henry, in my mind, is just – um, you know, he's a power back, but it's, it's just unbelievable. I mean, I'm, uh, that tie, that Alabama Crimson tie, man, they fucking put some good running backs in this league. And another guy who I want to just point out would be my, if the, the league ended right now after week two, MVP would be Kyler Murray. Um, I'm going to keep saying that every week because as long as he keeps playing well, because I think he's hopefully he'll be on the ballot by the end of the year. He's got a good matchup coming up this week, if I'm not mistaken. Doesn't he take on Jacksonville this week? I, be- I believe so. Yeah. So that'll be fun. As, to- uh, as far as Alabama players go, by the way, I did see a stat that they have the most in the NFL right now. They have 54 players in the NFL right now. Was that um, really a so question? Well, no, no, but I mean, they're, I think the next closest was, uh forget who, with like 37 Mm. Something like that, or maybe somewhere around there. We but, we uh, all yeah, no. we all know uh, Alabama is a great college program. Roll tight. I'll give you that. And if we're you. talking about this past football weekend, while Eric looks up that information there, um, how about Penn State beating Auburn? I know Penn State was a higher ranked team, but they were ranked 19th coming into the season, and I thought they were over ranked. Um, and they beat Wisconsin, which was a big win. They had a, a kind of hammy game the next week, but then they come out and they beat Auburn. They haven't beat the SEC in 14 years. It was the whiteout game, which is the 13th one ever played. Coming into the game, they were only 6-6. Six and six. Somebody made the comment, um, you know, how, how difficult could it be to play in a whiteout game as a visiting team? If they're only 6-6, six and six, they're 500, which they just became 7-6 and six after this game. But they don't schedule cupcakes for the whiteout game just to say we won our whiteout game. They use it as a strategy, and 75% of the games they've gone into those whiteout games, they are a heavy underdog, and they always play them tight. So the whiteout makes a difference, but they use them for games where they're playing big programs and big teams, and they might be an underdog. So, um, But it should, I thought that was interesting when I heard that they were only 500 going into the weekend for whiteout games. Mm-hmm. But they won, and they beat Auburn, and they're ranked number six now. Well, I tell you what, let's stick with that for a second here, because I know you guys were up in arms about a certain game on Saturday that is widely considered the worst officiated game of all time. I have not had a chance to go back and watch highlights of this game, 
So, Fife, I feel like you can explain this. I'm sure Eric's got something he wants to chime in. Maybe even David got something well, no, he wants to chime in. I got in. nothing, really. I'm going to let him go because, I mean, I didn't think it was uh, as egregious as he did. Like, as far well, as I know he's not the, the game. I know calls were blown. I'm not saying yeah. calls weren't blown. What I am saying, though, is I don't think blown. the refs were necessarily – I don't think the refs were trying to calls give the game to blown. Auburn. I want to hear. I want to hear this because I know he's not the only one. He's not the only one who feels this way. I'm just saying they weren't. They weren't throwing the game because if they were throwing the game, they'd be swimming with the fishies right now for not actually throwing it. I love a mafia reference. Go ahead. You're not gonna just tempt it. You're not gonna. That's all I'm saying is you're not gonna dip your toes in the water. You're either gonna swim or you're not. Like, you know, you're not gonna. SEC teams, they want to bring their officials on the road with them, and the officials call in the conference's favor because who pays their money? Who cuts them their checks? They they ref in the FCC. They're officials in the SEC. That's who pays them the money. So they call them their way. I'm telling you, I saw it. I have never in my life. I've been watching football just as long as you guys. Have you ever seen a down taken away? Complete full down missed missed and a team has to punt and the refs came in and conferred about it they had a conference and they said yep still fourth down it was third down i've never seen that in my life they took away an entire down they call five five do me, do me a favor up? what game was this what game this was, was this? Penn, penn state auburn okay that's why i'm it's, up in arms about it give me a rundown of the whole sequence here okay so we have first and ten uh intentional grounding right okay the intentional grounding that was called number one was on a blown route by a receiver where he ran a hitch route. The quarterback had no pressure on him, overthrew him down the field because he thought he was going to run a go route. You do not call intentional grounding on that. Mm -hmm. And they called intentional grounding, right? So now mm -hmm. uh, loss of downs, supposed to be second down. Whatever happens, the play doesn't, they don't get a first down. Next thing you know, it's fourth and 11. How? So James Franklin screaming from the sidelines, third down, it's third down, it's third down. If the sticks say fourth, so they got to run their punt team out. The officials come in behind the line. They talk to each other. So you think they're going to work it out and say, oh, shoot, we made a mistake. It's only third down. And they go, okay, fourth down. And they get up and they set and everybody, and they punt. They missed an entire down. How? You can't do that. On a blown intentional grounding. So you think like, all right, when that happens, something that bad, something that big, like you, you, you give the other team a call later on down the road. All right, so they could have called on the Auburn quarterback an obvious intentional grounding where he wasn't outside the tackle box, and they didn't throw a flag. So when the calls are that one-sided and there's five or six calls throughout a game that are that bad, the worst being missing an entire down of football, uh, you can't tell me that they're not calling the game in favor of that team. I'm sorry. The evidence is right there. I'm not saying they did it for the books or they were trying to throw a game, but I'm saying they called it the SEC way, and that's what they did the whole game. I'm not saying that happens all the time. That was a joke. That's why the SEC is so good. The SEC is so good because they recruit well and they get good players. It was a joke because it happened to my favorite team, and I hadn't really ever seen officiating that bad in my life. But I'm telling you, that game, those guys, they did not call a fair game. They had no intention to call a fair game. I don't know what it was. I don't know what set them off against Penn State. 
but that was the worst officiating I've ever seen in my life. I don't, I hope to never see anything that bad again. And those guys should go back to pop Warner, maybe even not there. Cause I would never want to see a kid that young have to deal with an official that bad. Yeah, that sounds pretty big. Like I said, I did not get a chance to see it. This is the first I'm hearing the whole rundown of the whole thing. Eric, you, you don't look at this entirely the same way as, as uh, no, Fife, listen, though. It's, a, it's absolutely a boom call. 100% terrible officiating. Absolutely should have it looked into and reprimanded for it because, I mean, you can't blow calls like that. So 100% involved. I'm just saying I don't think they were throwing it. I just think they were super shitty. And <laughs> not only super shitty, but also like, yeah, they're SEC guys, so maybe calls went the SEC's way. But again, like I've said, you know, normally if two calls go one way, you at least throw one call the other way. You know, you kind of try to even things out a little bit, even if you're going to call it like, you know, because they pay your paycheck or whatever you want to put it. Like, you know, you, you're more invested in the SEC, so maybe you're, you look out for that stuff a little more. Um, but at the same time, it shouldn't be that one-sided, and it never should, so – 100% agree in those respects, but in the other respect, I definitely don't think they were intentionally trying to throw the game to Auburn, so that's where I just kind of differed a little bit, but now that we've cleared that up, that he was more joking and whatnot. Because... Absolutely. Eric and I go back. So then, like, so we're we're, always talking be, about we're all on the same page, then, in my opinion. We're all kind of on the, in the same place. Yeah, we always have that. He always has this SEC thing he talks about. Like when we used to sit on bar stools a lot together, he'd always. So anytime I have a chance to knock the SEC a little bit, I try and do it just to ruffle his feathers, maybe a little bit. You know. All right, that's that's fair. Let's hear what Dave thinks about this. Dave, what do you think? I mean, I can't sit here and try to say I think that they were trying to throw the game in the favor of the SEC, um, but to. To call the loss of an entire down and then let that call carry through really, really says a lot of negative things about not only the, the referees on the field, but whoever was in their ears. Um, it's not like it's just them talking to each other. Um, you know, there, there are other people involved. Uh, I think it's only the head ref that actually talks to them. But either way there's still other people that talk to them and to me it just it, it it makes no sense that something like that could happen um i'm glad penn state was still able to win the game just because to have lost the game and have it be related to that would just be i uh, i i'd be speechless maybe, maybe this is a stupid question and, and i'm sure it is could they? Could, could Franklin not challenge that? Could he not throw the flag and be like, "Listen, I'm challenging the down. Like, gonna challenge. I'm challenging the last play because I think the last play was second down, not third down." <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to, to be honest with you. Can I don't throw that flag and like they go back to the monitor and see? I don't. I, I don't know. Maybe they can't. Maybe that's a judgment call. I don't know. I, Who cut it out? Did I cut out, or did I everybody think Eric, else? Eric, no, I think I think we lost Eric. Well, he was sounding like he was in slow mo for a little while on my end. So, yeah, okay. yeah, I thought he was doing it on purpose. 
no, are I, you there? Are I you do. there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Okay, go ahead. Continue. Continue. All right, go ahead. Continue. I I lost Fife when he was talking. I was going to say, um, you know, I'm embarrassed because I'm a big Big Ten fan. I'm not actually sure of the rules, which I'm usually on top of, but I'm not sure because each conference is different. So I'm not sure how the challenges work in the Big Ten, if they all come up from come down from the booth or if the coaches have the freedom to challenge. But for some reason in my head, I'm thinking that it all comes down from the booth. Um, but Eric, do you remember oh, okay. what was it last week when you brought up the new overtime rule? And there was like yeah. a, maybe maybe we thought maybe there was a little bit of network that had something to do with that, like big network had something to do with that. I heard a very yeah. interesting new college rule for this year that kind of puts a little bit of weight to that. Um, so, say um, a guy fumbles, right? You know how the guy when the guy fumbles and then they run it back and the time goes down and then they review it, but they find out the guy didn't fumble. Yeah. In college football now. Uh, the amount of time that came off the clock when the guy ran it back does not go back on the clock until under five minutes and a half. So if they're above five minutes and a half, anything that happened that's reviewable in the play that may have ran 20, 30 seconds off a clock, maybe not that much, but you know, um, no longer in college football, they put that time back on the clock unless it's under five minutes. And to me, that sounds a lot like a little bit more network trying to make the games happen a little quicker. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It definitely says that, that it's speeding up the game or that's the, the intention there is 100% because now it's almost like the same way they do in like, you know, kind of Pop Warner where they have a running clock for a half or whatever. You know, it's like, are they going to go to that kind of, are they slowly integrating maybe into that kind of system where they're going to have more of a running clock to keep these games in more of a two and a half, to three hour time two to two and a half hour time frame instead of like three hour to three and a half hour time frame maybe it is something they're looking at because um yeah i mean that's uh, it's a extremely valid point i mean I, I could definitely see that so it streamlines the games a bit it keeps keeps the pace up keeps you know people a little more i think they're hoping engaged so i could see it um for sure so i just again it's weird some of the rule changes i don't necessarily somebody would have to tell me either the science or or whatever's behind these rule changes and what's driving them i guess yeah. money. it's, it's got to be money, money to me i can't i, I it's got to be money right like there can't be any other reason other than they're finding ways to tweak it to you know because i can't think of anything else not for player safety it's not for, for any like I, I don't know. I can't figure it out. Mm. The only thing I come back to is money. And I wouldn't be the one to help you on that because you all know I'm not the most invested in college football. I will say this, though. To Schmel Rose's point that the officials may have may or may not have thrown the game. Two things. Penn State did wind up winning that game anyway. And if I'm not mistaken, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong here. It's Auburn. Auburn... Like, if I'm not mistaken, Auburn hasn't been a great team the last few seasons. If you're going to throw a game for the SEC, yeah, but if you're going to throw a game for the SEC, wouldn't you throw it, throw it for, like, a marquee team? Like, is Auburn considered an, a marquee team for the SEC? They were ranked number 19 in the country. I mean, I, from what I see, they're 22 they, right now. I get that, them, so but I mean, is that really marquee, though? They're... 
they're a team that can win or, you know, compete in the SEC. Yeah, that's pretty marquee. They're going to go out and beat, you know, a lot of teams in the country and probably a lot of the top 10 even, you know. I mean, Penn State got them, though. Penn State was the better team on Saturday, and they deserve that win. So that's a win Penn State, yes, should be proud of. Yes, should, should hold up there because I'll tell you what, when it comes to college football playoff time, and they have to figure out who are the top four teams going into the playoff. If Penn State has a win notched against their, on their belt against Auburn, that matters come the end of the year. That matters come college football playoff time and when they're picking those final four teams to go into that playoff. So, yeah, that definitely matters because you want those wins against the SEC. You want to be able to say, listen, I can compete with them. I already beat them. Look, like we can, we can go there and do that. So absolutely, that's a that's a nice win for Penn State. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm uh, not saying that. I'm just saying, like, I know SEC. That's the marquee of college football. That is that is the pinnacle. That's the best. They got the teams yeah. coming in over the next couple of seasons, no doubt. Is Auburn really on that top hill though? They're up there. They're behind Alabama, Georgia. They're behind, but they're in that like right in that next tier of Florida, Auburn. Um, I think Arkansas is actually really playing well too. I think, uh, but I, yeah, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like LSU stumbled out of the gate losing to Chip Kelly and UCLA, but they looked better last week. So I feel I like mean, you're kind of I, making I my Auburn right there with any of them. I feel like you're kind of making my case though, because you're not saying that Auburn, it, you just said, they're not in the top tier. They're in the next tier. So they're not they're considered not the marquee. Georgia, but Alabama and Georgia are number one and number two in the country. So That's marquee. Like, That's what I'm saying, though. But they are marquee because they're, they're competing with those teams. That's that's their competition. They, do you think who, do you think Auburn could Alabama, beat Alabama? Auburn though? is one of the biggest rivalries in all of the. In, in, well, sure, in, I in saw that ESPN documentary. I saw that. Yes, uh, World Tide War Eagle, great documentary. I've seen that. But I'm just saying, do you think this year they could compete with Alabama though? Not after what I've seen this week. But again, I there you not go. After what I've seen this week, regardless, it's still a really good win for Penn State. A win that those players should feel really good about and it will help them at the end of the year when it either comes full time or it comes college football playoff time. All right. Fair enough. Let's wrap this up though. I don't know if anybody else has any other football talk uh, points they want to bring up. If not, I want to go into picks. I know um, Dave got calling a night early, so I want to get into picks here for next week. So uh, Fife, it is fantastic to have had you on the show for your debut, brother. You Rose wants to be here for the it back on. Keep no, 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 no. We sat down, the three of us. We talked earlier today. We had a very nice conversation. Fife is a lovely human being. Rose is a fantastic human being. We we agreed to this. We 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 made this agreement, and we are going to stick to this because we are men of our word. Uh, Fife, you have to go get your buddy Schmelrose, right? Yeah, I get Larry. I just want you to never call him a good human being or whatever you said he was. I am not, optimistic about everybody. Generous. I'm even optimistic he's about generous. Eric. Larry. I'm even optimistic about Eric, yes. Let me get it. Hey, Larry. Larry. Hey, they're ready for you, buddy. Larry. Oh, here Come he on, comes. Larry. He's, gotta... Larry. he's dressed in his finest Canadian tuxedo. Larry. Larry. <laughs> here you go, buddy. What is a Canadian tuxedo? Denim. Oh, 
How you guys doing? You had that. Larry Schmelros is here tonight. Yes, Larry Schmelros. Hey, don't buddy. Smell the denim from here. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How's that? Uh, how's that jerk off go? My ears. I got a. I got his ear sweat on my ears. He is now. a very lovely human being, Schmelros. I just defended he, you. You did not talk bad about Eric Pfeiffer. He's, he's a lovely you, human being. You should let him make the picks. He might be better at it. Well, I, I wait a minute, Schmelros. Before you respond. Uh, given what Eric just said, I do have to say, we all kind of sucked at our picks last week. Uh, number one on the season is Eric Tressler. At six and seven, he went two and three last week. Uh, so we do have to give him credit there. I am number, well, actually, I am tied with Dave on the season at four and nine because, um, well, I went. One and four, and Dave did go two and three. So we are both four and nine on the season. Uh, Schmelros, uh, I can't help you out here, buddy. You went one and four last week, so you are three and ten on the season. You know, I, I like to be the underdog and try and make a comeback. You definitely are. All right. Yep. All right. So we're going to start this off here. We're going to do some picks. Do some picks. Hopefully, we all do better than we did last week. I'm going to be honest. I have not looked at this week's schedule until right now. So, Shmel Rose, you want to give the intros? Well, it makes it a perfect time for Aglioro's Aggravations of the Week. Yeah, and this will definitely be an aggravation. Because, like I said, I didn't expect to be in a fantasy, uh, um, a survivor league this year. I didn't think it was going to happen. Middle of the week, I find out, no, it's happening after all. We don't need to go into the semantics of why it's happening, but it's happening. And I actually won this week in my Survivor League. Cleveland, like I said, I almost burnt the building down when you guys told me that Baker Mayfield went down. Thankfully, Cleveland did not end my season for the second year in a row. So now here we are. We're heading into week three, and I have to pick a team for Survivor. And I am purposely drawing this out because I don't know which way I want to go here. <sighs> Fuck. All right, give today, me... Junior. What'd you say? T -t -t today, Junior. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be tomorrow. Um. So anyway, yeah, all right, we're going to go Mike, Pittsburgh Mike, and Cincinnati. Yes? Mike, really quick, yes. just keep in mind, the game you pick with us doesn't have to be the game you pick in the survivor pool. Well, that's definitely never been truer than it was last week. Let me tell you, because I picked Cleveland, and on this show, I picked Cincinnati over Chicago, and I'm very happy I did not go with that in my Survivor League. Um, but I tell you what, we're going to go the exact opposite, because the, the, the game I'm going to pick here, I'm going to say Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. As of right now, that would be the game I pick. And I'm going to pick Pittsburgh because I just – I know they lost this past week and they didn't look good. This narrative that Ben is done and he's over the hill. I can't get behind this. I'm a believer in big Ben. And I feel I'm like this believer. is a. Eric, I, you know, the day that I decide to start singing, I know with the bar I have to clear to be the best one in terms of singing voice on this show. And it's not very high. That's all I'm going to say. Um, but yes, you are correct. I am a believer. I am a believer. Not a high bar, but we'll get to that later. Um, 
Anyway, yeah, no, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh here. I believe in Big Ben. I believe in that defense. Cincinnati's been decent this season, but, um, yeah, all right, Eric, I'm sneaking in my fantasy team once again. Joe Mixon did nothing for me on Sunday, and uh, I don't think he's going to do anything for me again this week, you know, facing Pittsburgh. So I'm going Pittsburgh here. Mike, all you got to do is hit the wire, and you've got the trifecta. Can I just say, you brought it up, so I have to say it. <laughs> Great job. Great job by the Baltimore Ravens before uh, the game against the Kansas City uh, Chiefs. Playing Omar whistling Pharma in the Dell as a tribute to Michael K. Williams. You couldn't really hear it over the fans because I saw the clip and I couldn't really make it out. The fact that they tried to do that. The Wire is about Baltimore and the fact that Baltimore paid respect to that show. That did my heart happy. Let me just tell you. How in That's the a, world did we find a way to mingle the wire with football? Well, in all fairness, the goddamn Baltimore <laughs> Ravens. Now I <laughs> in all fairness, I was going to bring it up. I forgot about it. This is Eric's fault. This is all Eric's fault. And oh, with that, yeah. Well, I mean, he reminded me I wanted to bring it up. So thank you for that. But yes. Great job by the Baltimore Ravens for doing that for Michael K. Williams. Rest in peace, man. Absolutely. Omar Wire, that is Baltimore. Absolutely. Eric, you want to go next? Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, who you got? Is it even a question? Give me Big Ben at home. Okay. Fair enough there. Dave, who you got? I... I wanted to be the odd man out. I really was kind of leaning towards saying the word Cincinnati, but I just, I, 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 I wish I had a clearer idea of whether or not TJ Watt was playing. Um, but he's questionable and probably is going to be a game time decision. Um, but yeah, I cannot. I just, I have to. Pittsburgh. All right. So we got three for Pittsburgh. And Schmelrose, who you got? Uh, you know, I'm I'm with Dave. You know, I, as Eric kind of scoffed it off, I said, you know, this game's probably a bit tighter than that you might be given a credit for. But uh, exactly, I think Cincinnati's made some strides uh, to becoming a good team, especially bringing in a guy who Burrow has chemistry with and everything like that. We all know about that. Um, but. I think I got to go pit at home, bouncing back after a tough loss. Mike Tomlin's going to have him going. That could probably be the reason why Eric scoffed it off a bit because, you know, he believes in uh, that coaching staff and being able to get their team ready to bounce back from a tough loss. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go Pittsburgh also. All right. So we all got Pittsburgh here. Schmelrose, you want to do the next introduction? Yeah, for the next set of games, we've got Hastings Highlight of the Week. Thank you, Larry. Amazing job. Uh, Mike, I'm just going to throw this out real quick. I'd go with the, the Panthers, the Cardinals. I, <laughs> I, I mean, there's there's so... There's oh, like I, you, I think I agree with you on the Cardinals. I, th- I Yeah, no, I you're mean, right. The, the Ravens, uh, uh, the Raiders, the, the Bucks. Well, actually... Maybe not that one, but you get like I said, this say. was the first time I'm looking at the schedule. But yeah, yes, I, so. I I I get you. I I yeah. can give you that. Yeah, I, I hope on Sunday you tell us you picked a different team. <laughs> um, so you know what? 
I, I, I'm very torn, mainly torn due to the fact that like, I don't want to pick the one game. Um, because uh, I've got two games I want to pick. Pick them both. I don't care. All Give right. us two I'm, highlights. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine with it, too. Two. Yeah, go ahead. So, so the two games that I feel like fall under Hastings highlights will start on Sunday. Uh, Buccaneers at Rams. Uh, Brady, nine touchdowns already on the year. That Tampa offense looks really good. Uh, they let Atlanta hang in there longer than they probably should, but two pick sixes to the house for their defense. Uh, I mean, it, that defense, I think, is only going to get better as the year goes on. I think Vita Vea, that dude, is, is setting himself up to get a chunky, chunky contract, um, just like his stomach, because dude is a manimal. Um, and then you got the Rams, who have actually, all in all, looked at pretty damn good. Uh, with Stafford, um, Cooper Cup goes off in week one, goes off in week two. Um, you know, they, they got a, a decent balanced attack with the play action and the motion, um, taking more deep shots now that they have Stafford compared to Goff. You still got Aaron Donald on that. I mean, as long as you got Aaron Donald, you could have a whole bunch of average Joes on the rest of the defensive line, and he's still going to wreak havoc. Um I, I think that's going to be a hell of a game. I think it's going to be an amazing game, and I think it might be arguably the best game on, uh, of the week. So with all of that said, I'm going to trust in Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, to pull out the win on the road. You put Tom terrific in a, in a, in a dome. And he's playing in 68, 72 degrees with no wind and, and no humidity. It could be a very long day for a secondary, even with a guy like Jalen Ramsey back there. Yeah. Fair enough. Eric, who you got? This is a really good game, actually, Dave. And I, I think it's one of the games that could potentially trip Tampa up. And it's because not only do they have a Jalen Ramsey on the outside, they got an Aaron Donald who can get to the pat who can get to him. And that's the difference. If you can get in Brady's face, that's the only chance you got at ever having him make a mistake. He's not going to make him on his own. He's going to pick you apart. You got to get to him. Mm -hmm. But I think Aaron Donald can get to him. So I'm torn because I really think Tampa's going to win this game. But they are going out west. It is in L.A. The Rams are playing pretty well right now. And Avita Vey is great, but I'm not worried about the Rams' run game. Ah, this is a good one. This is a really good one. Hastings highlights, nothing but the best. <laughs> I'm going to give you guys a chance to catch up here, and I think I'm going to be the oddball out. I'm going to say this game trips up Tampa. Uh, get, I'm going to take the Rams at home. Probably the only time this year I'll do it, I won't do it in a Survivor League. But I'm going to take him on this show at home, knowing I'm up at a game or two on you boys. All right. So, Eric Taint, St. Louis. Shmuel Rose, who you got? Well, I am contractually obligated to take the Buccaneers because I predicted them to go undefeated. So, that's that simple. But I do want to be – I am very happy <laughs> that Dave brought up the L.A. Rams because um, it was when Eric was doing his draft in our text message, I told Dave that steal of the draft this year, one of – 
in my opinion at the time, was going to be the steal of the draft, but will still end up being the steal of the draft, has a chance to maybe get the start this week. Watch out for old Sony Michelle. He's coming, baby. Last year, Sony Michelle led the league in yards after carry on outside run plays, and the Rams run more outside run plays than any other team in the league. Um, he wasn't appreciated. He wasn't used right in New England. I think Sony Michelle within the next three weeks here, breaks out and takes over that starting role in Los Angeles. Well, you guys know I have Sony Michelle. Michelle. So, wait a minute. Schmel you, Rose, can't, you, you can't work. Wait a minute. Hang on. Hang on. Wait, stop, stop, stop. stop. Schmel Rose, you, you picked Sa- Schmel Rose, you picked St. Louis, right? No, I picked the Tampa Bay Bucks. You did pick t- Tampa Bay. Okay. Yeah, I'm contractually um, obligated to do that. That is fair. All right, I forgot that. All right. So, here's the deal. I do have Sony Michelle on my fantasy team. Daryl Henderson is hurt. Truthfully, that's not the reason I would have picked St. Louis, though. Like, honestly, I thought all three of you guys would have picked Tampa Bay, and I wanted they're, to be the oddball. In, they're in L.A., not St. Louis, so. That's funny. I wrote down St. Louis on your pick. So, anyway, uh, we're going we're gonna to ignore that right now because you are, yeah, you are absolutely – No, you're correct. You're, you are absolutely correct. No, don't, Mike, don't sweat it. I called the Raiders from Oakland. It, it's, I'm just saying we, just we all do this. Better. We all do this. Yes, I am happy to have made Dave feel better. We all do this. That's fine. We're still calling Washington. A day the, into a year earlier. So, I mean, yeah, I guess we're all kind of. And I completely missed that. I have no idea what you're talking about right now, but I will give it to you. So, yes, we all do shit like this. It's fine. Thank you. We make each other feel better. We are a brotherhood on this show. We all love each other here. We may want to kill each other at times. We all love each other. That is fine. So, anyway, no, the point of this. Yeah, I'm gonna go with St. Louis here. Why? Because I like to be the oddball. Y'all know this. Stop Y'all know it. this. Y'all Stop know it. this. You didn't do it again. You didn't do it again. Stop it. The I, Los Angeles Rams. You know some fucking. I'm leading you to it. I don't care. St. Louis, motherfucker. I did do it unintentionally. Now I am doing it unintentionally. Yes, fine. St. Louis, Los Angeles, whatever fucking city they play in, I don't give a fuck. It's the Rams. We all know it's the Rams. I'm picking the fucking Rams. They happy? Yes? (laughs) No, I wanted you to pick Tampa Bay, actually, but all right. Well, I wanted you to pick Tampa Bay, too, so we both pissed each other off. There, we're all fine. Brotherhood, like I I said. Yep. All right, Dave, you had a second one you wanted to pick? Yeah, um, and, and like I said, it, it's not really a game that I want to have to pick. And Mike, you're not going to like me for this. Oh uh, God damn it! This is Dallas, isn't it? I I don't know how I do a Hastings highlight when you have the NFC East title. Yeah, not title, but the NFC <laughs> East uh, first place spot. On the line, uh, probably the two uh, best-looking teams if you combine the the first two weeks together. Um, of the everybody's division. one and one. I just want to point that out. Not the Giants, Not the but Giants. anyway. Uh, well, fuck the Giants. Hey, Eric, Eric, I'm going to paraphrase you here. Nobody gives a fuck about the Giants. Remember that? I'm going to paraphrase you on that. Ouch. Yeah, I thank you. We can't even fight it. Here, you talk like this. We can't even fight it. Uh, there you go. Thank you, Schmelrose. Thank you, Schmelrose. You are a lovely human being. Yeah, fight guys are degenerate. <laughs> go ahead, Dave. 
Yeah. Uh, so I don't know how you don't uh, consider this a potential high- Hastings highlight game. Um, I think when you look at this game and really think about not just the repercussions of the, you know, the game itself when it comes down to the future of the season, but also the momentum I think this game can build for either team. Uh, you're talking about Dallas winning two in a row or, or you know, Philly winning two of their first three. Um, either way, you're, you're both looking at a, a very impactful game right now and down the road. Um, both teams look better to, on offense than they do on defense, uh, even though each defense had a pretty decent performance in uh, week two. Um you know, I just I think this game has a whole bunch to it, uh, and I think it's going to be a game that is going to come down to the wire. Uh, pretty sure every Dallas game this year is going to be like that. But for the record, I'm not the only one who mentioned the wire on this show. Ha! Huh? Thanks, Dave. Uh, yeah. He said coming down to the wire. No he still wire. said the wire. That counts. It, it counts. Mike, whatever makes you happy, pal. Thank you. Thank you. Give me that. Yes, go ahead, uh, Dave. I'm sorry. So, yeah. Uh, but with all that said, uh, I think the Eagles losing their best pass rusher and their starting uh, right guard uh, is going to kind of be the difference maker in this game. And I think that's why I have to go with Dallas to, to take the win. All right. Y'all know I'm not picking Dallas. Next, Eric, go ahead. I'm going to take Dallas. Aren't they at home, too? I'm going to take them at home yeah. in Jerry World. It's actually Dallas's home opener. Yeah, give me, give me Dallas and Jerry World. Yeah, y'all know I'm not doing that. Schmelrose, go ahead. It's tough because uh, for some reason in my mind, it just sticks that Dallas finds ways to blunder their home openers. I don't know. Maybe it's because Eli opened the building with a win. Who knows? But um, let's see. I think I'm going to go to the Cowboys. I'm going to stick to what I was saying earlier. They got something special there. Cowboys fans, strap on your seatbelts. You got something good coming your way. And uh, my boy, Micah Parsons, hopefully he has a good game. I hate the Eagles just as much as I hate the Cowboys. So, Honestly, I hope they tie, but uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Cowboys in this one. There is no way you hate the Eagles less than you less than you did the Cowboys. You hate the Eagles more than the Cowboys. That's the one thing all Giants and Cowboys have fans have in common is that at least they aren't the Eagles or the Washington Football Team. I'm sorry, let's Actually, get that the out. The only of one way. that the only one that I really don't have a lot of disdain for is the football team. Uh, I really, truly, um, there are you know. I don't use the word hate often unless I'm talking about the Philadelphia Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys, or the New York Rangers. Um, and the word hate. I hate the word hate also. All right, Chabelle Rose, you're going to make me start agreeing with what they were saying about you before you came on here. So let's just move on from there. Uh, what's next here? Oh, um, Chabelle Rose, you have to give Eric his introduction now that I think about it. We do. We do. And uh, I currently do not have access to the toilet bowl. So we're just going to go ahead and say Tressler's Toilet Bowl of the Week. I mean, this I thing tried. I tried. Whirling around the bowl. And I mean, I think you guys can smell it already. Uh, I, I mean, th- this this giant at home against the 0 2 Falcons. 
Oh, smells like a real stinker. And that does it's smell either, like a turd. Yeah, it smells like a big fat turd that nobody really wants to take. It's kind of giving you a bellyache. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not fun for anyone. Um, you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what kind of shape the Giants are going to be in mentally, really. And Atlanta, they're just not that good a football team right now. I got to be honest. They're they're not playing really good football. So, um, yeah, this game sucks. And it, it's a shame and it's a great – well, actually, I shouldn't say it's a shame. It's actually a blessing now. That red zone exists because I don't have to waste three hours just watching that game. I'll catch the highlights on red zone. <laughs> well, in your case, to stick with the whole shit show theme or the toilet bowl theme, you're going to catch the low lights on red zone. Let's be fair here. But I see, I see what you did there, Mike. Well done. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, that I'm going to be though, on... Give me the Falcons. All right. So Eric's got the Falcons. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to pick the Giants here. And it's not because I want the Giants to lose. I don't need to pick on the Giants. They do it themselves. I don't have to, I don't have to pile on. I, what has Atlanta done to make you think that they are going to take advantage of this vulnerable Giants team? I'll say this about Daniel Jones. Yeah, all right. Not a great NFL player so far. You look at the points he's picking up, at least from a fantasy perspective. He's doing something. He's showing some degree of heart, at least. Like, Eric, I'm sure you're going to shit on that, and I'm okay with it if you do. I think think this is the Giants' first win right here. I really do. Falcons have done nothing to convince me that they can take advantage of a situation like this, and this game is in Jersey. It's in MetLife Stadium. (laughs) Doesn't mean we play any better. I... Maybe not, maybe not. But again, the Falcons have not done anything to show you that they can take advantage of a situation like this, let alone on the road. They don't need to take advantage. They just need to come in. No, they have to take advantage of that. The Giants will screw it up themselves. They'll hand it to them themselves. They've just got to come in and not screw it up. Hey guys, that's what I'm saying. What what about the Falcons has what about the Falcons has convinced you that they won't screw this up though? So they that's why I'm going with the Giants. Who's been there and done it before? I trust Calvin Ridley more. I trust that they're actually getting Pitts involved in the offense after last week. I did see that they got Pitts more involved than they did in Week One. I think he'll have an even bigger role because the Giants usually get torn up up the middle by t- by tight ends. Um, so I I really see this as a game that Matt Ryan, as long as he comes in and goes, all right, well, let's just get the job done. And, and get out of here. Um, that's all he's got to do. And I think he could do it in this game. He doesn't have to go out and win it. He just doesn't have to lose it because the Giants will do that for him. Well, again, I'm picking the Giants here. Dave, who you got? Uh, I'm taking the Giants. Okay. So I'm not alone. Schmel Rose, who you got? I'm also going with the Giants. I think that Matt Ryan, from what I've seen from him for the first two weeks, is that um, that quarterback you saw on any given Sunday that, you know, he's just waiting for Willie Beeman to come in and take his place. So uh, he so just doesn't dead. have it. He's, he's icing it up. He, he can't throw the ball. Any, like, he can throw the ball, but he can't make every throw anymore. His shoulder hurts after every throw, I bet. I just I think Matt Ryan, stick a fork in him. He's done. 
uh, stick a fork in the Giants too, but I'm just going to pick them out of default because I love them and I want them to win. Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid played the quarterback in any given Sunday who Willie Beeman replaced. Just want to throw that in. All right. So everybody except Eric picks the Giants. Eric picks the Falcons. That is Eric's toilet bowl of the week. And now it's time for the Larry Schmelrose shit show of the week. Man, I've been staring at this week three schedule, and it's kind of tough, to be honest with you, to pick a real solid shit show because I feel like uh, after the first two weeks, there's a lot of things like I want kind of want to pick Carolina Houston, right? But but this darn old thing's going pretty well in Carolina. Carolina's defense doesn't look too bad. So that side of it's not really a shit show as much as Houston. So a lot of watery shit, right? No right. solids. And then you have another good game that was probably a close runner-up for a highlight of the week. I think the Chargers versus the Chiefs. Herbert uh, Mahomes is like good. So it's just a lot of good games on the slate. You know, uh, back in the day, you could have used the Cardinals and the Jaguars, but the Cardinals are looking good this year. So I'm really struggling to pick one. Um, I mean, I, I'm, there's I'm, one that's staring me right in the face, though. I, I got to be honest. There's there's a clearly identifiable I, shit here. You know, I got a, I got one, too, and uh, I'm looking at it, too, but I think we're thinking about the same one. But still, Teddy B's kind of intriguing, if that's the one you're thinking about. Plus, we'll all pick the same no, way. I, um, I wasn't thinking about that one, actually. I wasn't. Really? I was actually thinking about the – I was thinking about the uh, Wentz vehicle against the uh, the, uh, the Derrick Henry train because he's the only thing that seems to in that offense. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like when they get him working, because Julio still had a really nice fantasy day, if we're going to talk about that, you know. I do, I, I browse past that game. It's tough, man. It really makes me want to pick a non-shit show, but that would be against what I'm all about. I'm all about shit shows. I love shit shows. I mean, it's what I do. I'm, I'm a walking, talking shit show. So what I think I'm going to go with is Tell me Thursday. it's going to be Broncos-Jets game. I can't do it because the Thursday game never impresses. And to be honest, I still maybe don't trust Sam Darnold on a short week. Uh, Houston's not. No, I can't do it. You're right. I'm going to go with the Jets Broncos. We're all going to pick <laughs> the Broncos. And that's yes. going to be that. So, uh, yeah, Jets Broncos will be the shit show. Of the we week. can double flush it. I'm cool with a double flush and picking that Panthers Texas game, too. Right, I'm down with that, too. Why don't we do both two shit shows? Two highlights, yeah. two shit shows. Makes a lot of sense. A double dumper. A double We're dumper of the week. But what's the point? We're all taking the same team. You're right. You're right. I don't know. I don't know if we are. Are we all taking the? Are we all? Are, we're all taking the. We're all taking the Panthers. Who, who's? Well, wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who's starting quarterback for the Texans? Oh shit! I thought we take. I thought we were going Indy and in Tennessee. All right, let me rewrite that down. All right, maybe maybe Dave's right. Dave's got a point. Dave's got a he point. He does There's have no a point. point in picking it if we're all going to pick the same one. If we're all going to pick the same thing, well, why don't we do this for a shit show? They just had a bad game last week. The other, you know, and they have a turnover machine at quarterback. I mean, other than week one, right? And then we got a rookie quarterback with a great coach. Why don't we do? The Saints at the Patriots. I Thank think that's you. a good shit show. Thank you. I like that, that one. That's the one I kept looking at. That's that's pretty good. You're welcome, sir. And that fight for us called me as a I'm going to kick it off then and go with the Patriots. I'm going to okay. pinch my shit off early and go with the Patriots. And I'm going with the Saints. 
All right, I'll go. I, well, no, sure, Rose, you go first. Who are you picking, New Orleans or New England? Uh, it's a tough one. Tough one. I think, um, uh, oh, wow, Bill's going to focus on Kamara. Um, that's what he does. He takes away your best player. And without Michael Thomas, they haven't really had another best player on that offense. Uh, Sean Payton's going to have some wrinkles for him. I think it's going to be a pretty good tight game. But I think New England's going to find a way to win this game. Okay. So Shamoro's got New England, and I have to agree with him there because the game's in New England. New Orleans, all right, fine. Y- y'all can make fun of me. I have Kamara. He sucked last week. They're going Come on, New- stop it. Wait, wait, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Hang on a second here. He sucked last week. They're going to New, New England. They haven't. They didn't look anything like that team that beat the living shit out of this the Packers the in Week One last week. Stop New it! Stop it! Because this way, either way, you're happy. If Kamara sucks and and the the Saints lose, at least I won't be happy. happy because you'll be happy, is what I'm saying. Because at least the Patriots won, so you figure you win here. If I don't have money on this. I have seventy five dollars on the line in fantasy. I will not be happy, motherfucker. I didn't give seventy five dollars to that league. I want to be wrong. I want Kamara to light the shit out of the fucking Patriots. I want Kamara to light the living shit out of the Patriots. I will not be happy here. I have to go. I have to go with logic. You guys ain't giving me seventy five dollars. If you give me seventy five dollars, I'll be happy. But no, every time I do a fantasy league, I might as well just light the fucking money on fire. Y'all know what I am. I've sucked since twenty fourteen. What? Because you don't stand behind him. It's all about a mindset. So you're saying I need to pick New Orleans, huh? No! I, I see what you're doing. You want me to pick him so I will fail and you will gain a bigger lead. No, I will not do that. Now, I'm going with logic here. I'm picking New England. Dave, go ahead. Dave? I, I, I thought I went already. I went with New Orleans. You went with New Orleans. Huh. And I thought I went with logic. Okay, Dave's the logical one. That doesn't bode well for me. All right, Eric, go ahead. I'm going New England. All right. So everybody... There's one more decent game on the schedule I'm looking at. I don't have any more room on this page, but go ahead. It's not a it's not a shit show. It's not a smell. It's not a highlight. It's I think just going to be a solid game. You're probably going to catch a lot on in the afternoon, especially if you watch Red Zone. And it's the surprise team of the Raiders and the Dolphins at the Raiders. Is Tua playing? Is Tua playing? I do not know. I do not know. Because that's the difference right there. I think that's the difference. I can try to see if he's playing. Who's their backup? I don't even remember. He's day to day. He, I, practice doesn't start till tomorrow, so you won't get an injury report. But I yeah. doubt he plays. Says he's who's, day to day. Who's the backup again? Brissett. Oh, they're fucked if he don't play. They are fucked if he don't get play. And it's All in right, Las Vegas. Throw it out like this, Eric. I, I get the the game itself because I do do see where you're coming from. If two is playing and healthy, but also Derek Carr is on the uh, was talked about being injured yesterday with the media so i don't know either way i think we're all gonna pick uh la yeah i got it right this time LA. no you didn't it was las oh, vegas no, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> L- L- <Las> vegas. <laughs> son of a 
Oh my god! All right, whatever. I think we're Sin all- City, I baby. I think if two, I think even if two doesn't play with Brissett, I think Miami's got a good chance of winning that game. I think they can go in and upset a Raiders team who's coming off of two big wins to start the season. I think they're due for a letdown, in my opinion. So no, I don't think we would all choose them because I'm telling you right now, I think I would choose Miami in that game. I would pick the Raiders, truthfully. Like you just said, they're playing well, and even even if Carr is hurt and you go with Mariota instead, that's still better than Brissett in my eyes, and that defense is still playing well. I would pick the Raiders. Mariota's on IR. Oh, wow. There you go, Dave. I just helped you out there. That was a bigger fuck-up than Los Angeles, Las Vegas, so you're welcome. I think, I think, it, I think it's Betterman or Biederman or uh, whoever the hell backed him up last year when he got hurt. Oh, that's horrible. All right. I'm done. I'm not talking anymore. I'd be more interested in the Packers Niners Sunday night. Yeah, that game's more interesting to me if you guys are trying to pick one more. Packers. Well, we all know where I'm going. We all know where I'm going. You want to pick that one, y'all? I'm going with Green Bay. I'm going with Green Bay. Yeah, okay. Backpedaler. Backpedaler. Y'all know where I'm going on that one. Bandwagon jumper. Now you're back on the bandwagon there. All right, we'll go Green Bay, San Francisco. Eric has Green Bay. Bandwagon jumper right there. Y'all don't even need to ask me where I'm going. Y'all know where I'm going there. Aaron Rodgers is back, baby. Who's next? Dave, go ahead. Uh, Oh, did I cut out? Oh, okay. Fair enough. No, he's thinking. Yep. No, I got that. Uh, I got that. I I think this could be an interesting game. (coughs) I got to go Green Bay. I'm sorry, but San Francisco with Jimmy G is like, it's, it's like the most unpredictable thing in the freaking world. It really is. What do you guys think about Debo Samuel as a number one fantasy wide receiver out of curiosity? I want your I thoughts. He's you? a monster. He's a monster. He's Eric? Uh, Leads the league in yards, healthy. right? Yeah. Yeah. I just when hope healthy, he has a bad great. game whenever I play him. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not convinced about him. Because I told you guys a little bit about the trade my brother offered me earlier this morning. He was trying to sell me on Debo Samuel, and I wasn't going for it. But anyway, Schmelrose, who you got? I'm going to be the odd man out on this one, boys, and I'm going to take the San Francisco 49ers. I feel like that run game, don't matter who's behind that offensive line, that run game is a difference maker. Uh, I don't think one bounce-back week against the Detroit Lions says anything to me about the Green Bay Packers other than maybe it gave them a little bit of confidence. Their running back was running with a little extra fury. His father just passed away at 56 years old from COVID complications. So uh, that game doesn't really say a lot to me. Um so I'm taking the San Francisco 49ers because I believe they have a solid defense. I believe that Debo Samuel is a legitimate number one wide receiver, as Eric said, as long as he's healthy. Um, and Brandon Ayuk ain't no slouch. They got Kittle. And it doesn't matter who you hand the ball to. That scheme does all the work. So um, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Niners in San Fran on a Sunday night primetime game. You know, you right. lost the ashes on the field, right? They yeah, in the end zone, and somebody found him. Yeah, I'm glad they found lost, him. But... Lost the ashes? What are you talking about? Yeah, he so was he wearing a necklace, necklace that had uh, the ashes in it. Yeah, some of his father's ashes in it was in Jesus. the necklace, and the necklace got, like, 
torn off while he was scoring a touchdown. <laughs> Did the GM come down to help look for it? Is that only a Met thing? I think that's uh, only that's a Met thing. Met I think a grounds crew. Okay. Yeah. I think regulars grounds crew went out and found this nicely for him. Fantastic. No, it was um, oh, he's... it was actually a um uh like the guy that like handles like bring setting up all the pads in the locker room and everything like that. Uh guys oh. apparently been with the, the team for over twenty two years. And when he found out he went and combed around the 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 grass and, and ended up finding it. Hmm. Guys, it was, you know it, we it just was, like it was a little it was a football pendant that had his father's ashes in it around a gold chain. <laughs> You know, we just did whatever's better than a trifecta, right? Mike has brought up his survivor pool, his fantasy team, the wire, and, <laughs> and the Mets threw in the Mets, and, and the Mets. He's the only one who caught that. Yes, he is. He is. You guys were behind. You guys were behind the curve. I was right on that. Yes, that is correct. I was on the ball on that one. I knew it. I had the insight. I pulled the train. Yes, thank you, Spellrose, for pointing that out. All right, so that's going to do it for our picks here. Dave, I know you got to get out of here. You wanted to get out of here at 8 o'clock. It is 8.20. We are still going here. Spellrose, I want to thank you for being on. Can you get your buddy Fife back? Uh, I believe he's in the corner sucking his thumb. Uh, but uh, Well, get him out of the corner. Me. Pull on the blanket. Pull on the blanket. Let's see if we can get him back. Hey, dickhead, they want you to come back on. What do you mean they want me to come back on? Come on, dickhead. Put the mic on. Yeah, what's up? Hey, Fife. How you doing, buddy? All right. How are you? All right. So, Dave, I know you got to get out of here. I wanted to bring up a couple baseball things, and there is one thing particular that I know you're going to be able to have something to say about. I know you're going to be able to do that. So I want everybody here to chime in on this one because about a month ago, me and Eric had a little bit of a scream fest about a certain former baseball executive by the name of Theo Epstein. And Dave, you actually agreed with me on this one. You you agreed with me that if Theo Epstein was going to come back to baseball, he would choose the Mets over the Yankees. But I want to bring this up because this is a question I feel like everyone should have an opinion on. So this past offseason, Mets hired Jared Porter to be their GM and Zach Scott to be their assistant GM. And Jared Porter was revealed to be a bit of a fucking creep show who texted a female reporter 64 times. And when she didn't respond to any of those 64 text messages, he sent him, sent her a dick pic. And he got fired Hashtag as a result of... Too. What'd you say? Hashtag him too. Yeah, right. Um, and then Zach Scott, about a month ago was found passed out on the side of the road by police at three o'clock in the morning and charged with a DUI after coming Ooh. home from a party. Yeah, well, we can get to that one later. We can get to that later because, quite frankly, we unfortunately we can't look at that one the same way ever again. That's another story, though. But it brings to me a question here because both Jared Porter and Zach Scott were basically born and raised in baseball under the tutelage of Theo Epstein. Both of them were hired by Theo Epstein, spent the bulk of their careers under Theo Epstein. 
Zach Scott spent about 15 years in the Red Sox organization, about 10 years of that under Theo Epstein. Jared Porter worked with Theo Epstein in the Red Sox organization and then came with Epstein to Chicago for a few years. They are disciples of Theo Epstein. When they were both hired by the Mets, the idea was, oh, you're hiring the Epstein disciples to make it more uh, appealable that Epstein would come to the Mets. Now, obviously, you can't hold one man responsible for the actions of someone else. And any one of us would die on a hill to take Epstein as the executive of whatever baseball franchise we all root for. I know Dave and Schmelrose, oh, excuse me, Dave and Fife are not big baseball fans. Fife considers himself a Braves fan. Everyone would die on a hill to get Epstein as their executive, team executive, guy running the show, whatever you want to call it. But you look at what Porter and Scott have done over this past season and before that. And to me, it gives you a little bit of a pause. What type of culture did he create where you have a sexual deviant on the one hand and then a guy who doesn't understand that he has every type of car service available to him for free at the drop of a hat and he still chooses to drive drunk in one of the biggest cities, biggest media markets on the face of the fucking planet. And to me, that gives you pause. Not saying I wouldn't do it. I'm just saying it gives you pause to consider hiring Theo Epstein. But I want to hear from all three of you guys, and I want to hear what you guys have to say. Dave, I'm going to start with you. Uh, I think in uh, your breakdown, you said it best. I'm not going to judge uh, one man based off of other man's actions. And whether some way, somehow, they want to say they learned this from him or got it from him, you're still a grown-ass man, and you, you can make your own decisions. Uh, I mean, when, I, I'm sorry, but to me, the oldest I'm giving you to act like a dumbass is 25. Mm. After that, either grow the hell up or, or learn your lessons the hard way. It, it's really up to you. Can I throw... I, I'm sorry, Dave. I want to throw this in real quick because I agree with what you're saying. But the fact is, Sandy Alderson has taken a lot of heat for hiring both these guys. And I'm just wondering if the culture that was cultivated by Theo Epstein, you know, if Alderson's taking all the heat for hiring these guys and not vetting them, doesn't Epstein deserve some heat for this? Why? No. Why would he deserve heat for the choices of another person? Yeah, you don't judge a man by the actions of someone else. No. But Alderson's being judged for the guys he hired, though. That's the only point I'm because making. Because he, he could have vetted them and found out some of this stuff before he hired them. Like, But I'm not going to sit here and, and base Theo Epstein and whether or not I would hire him now based on the judgment of guys that he hired and worked for him 15 years ago, 10 years ago. Five, no, not even five years ago. Even it still. It doesn't matter. Dave's one hundred percent right on this. Like, there's zero, there's zero pause. Like, you do your vetting. Yes, you still do the same vetting. You try to figure out if if Theo Epstein's done any of this stuff himself and whatnot. Just like you would do any other ca- candidate. You should you have you should vet everybody. But at the same time, if he if you vet him and he comes back clean, hire the hell out of Theo Epstein. As he's shown you, he can win championships with multiple organizations. So I zero pause for me. I mean, Mike, 
Mike, you, Mike, you've worked with me and Eric for what seven years? That's Actually, we're going we're going on nine years. I think we're almost at ten. Next year's going to be ten, guys. Okay, so you've worked with us for nine years. If we went and did something stupid, do you think you should hold any blame for us making that choice? There's a difference, though. We no, not. You're no, no, no. There adult. is. There is. There is because no, I don't think not. any of us can. You make your own damn decisions unless it's your father and they raised you from the second you were born. No other man has an impact on the choices you make as an adult. Can I throw in what the difference is? I think we got to get Fife's opinion too. No, no, no I want Fife's opinion. Let me respond to that though. The difference is. We all work together. We all consider ourselves equal. There is not one overriding guy in charge. Let's be honest here. Like, I can claim to be that, but, you know, at the end of the day, we are all equals on some level. Epstein was the guy, and those guys were considered disciples of him. But again, and that's he all didn't I'm teach saying. him to be he a was, creeper. He didn't teach him to be a creeper. He didn't teach him to send dick pics. I'm sure that wasn't Theo Epstein's playbook. I'd like to. to listen, I want to believe he didn't. I want to believe he didn't. But what type of culture? I have a team of of 12 people under me where I work. Okay. If I look at that team and somebody on my team ended up doing something they shouldn't do, that shouldn't reflect on me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't make that You know, that's the, best, that's the best argument. I'll give you that one. That's a good argument right there. So how can you possibly blame Theo Epstein for those guys being creepers? I just want to know, how. what was he doing that made these guys think that shit, shit like this was okay in this world? That's that's the question they I'm are, asking. Mike, they already thought it was okay before they even worked with the guy. So yeah. did, what did he know and what didn't he know? That I think it's a fair question to ask. I think it's a fair again. Again, I would take Epstein. No, I'm not saying I wouldn't take Epstein, but I'm also looking at this from the Met fan perspective of anything that can go wrong in the organization always does. Let's get Fife's perspective. Go ahead. Go ahead. Thank you. Yeah, go ahead. So if I was looking to hire Theo Epstein, something like this happening to guys that he mentored, um, I would say this happened after he mentored them. They were gone. So while uh, they were under him. The Porter were, thing happened while he was still working under Epstein. Okay. How long ago? Uh, about five years ago. That's was he fired ago. afterwards? No, he wasn't. He was allowed to go on to the Arizona organization, and then he went to the Met organization, where a month after no, he was hired saying, by the Mets, left, everything he came went, out. He went out. He was fired from out from under Theo Epstein. You Epstein didn't No, he was hired by Arizona. He left for another job. As far as I know, he was never fired by the Cubs. Mike, what makes more sense? That he left for another job or they said, hey, listen, you better start looking for another job. because you're not." Well, that makes sense, but I'm just saying he went to Arizona. He got a promotion when he went to Arizona, from what I know. The only thing I would say is... You know, if there's no evidence that he that he covered anything up or anything like that, it really shouldn't hold negative to him. Um, you know, he, if he's a baseball mentor, that's where it goes. He's not a life mentor. He's teaching these guys the way of baseball organizations and things of that nature, how to build teams. So I just don't see it. He's not their life coach. He's the, he just taught them how to 
do baseball stuff, you know? So everything outside of that is outside of that. Like if I coach a hockey team, yes, absolutely. My players have my number. They can call me anytime they have a problem. No questions asked. I will help them out and we'll deal with it the next day. But other than that, what they do on their own time is what they do on their own time. And that's not my business uh, unless we have a game the next day. And that's it. All right. Well, listen, I said at the beginning of this, I would still take Epstein as an executive in the Mets front office. But I, I want you guys to know, and I think you guys realize this, I'm coming from the perspective of being a fan of an organization where anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Jaded. So, we got gotcha. you. Yeah, I'm just saying that's where this comes from. So You're I like see this a stuff. Scorned woman, right now, I swear. Well, I have something between my legs, so I don't totally agree with that one. But uh, I just want to say that's where this question comes from. So you guys saying that again? I think this was a good conversation to have on the show, and it was something everybody can get involved with baseball wise. So that's why I wanted to bring it up here. We can move on though. Um, Dave, I know you got to get out of here. And I'm going to be honest. I know good and hell well. Not one person besides me watched Once Upon a Time in Queens, the 30 for 30 documentary that dropped last week, four-part miniseries about the 86 Mets. Am I correct in that? Nobody watched this, right? Correct. Nope. Yep. I've seen about as much of it as I've seen of The Wire. <laughs> good one, Eric. Good one. <laughs> Yeah, I'll give you that. That was pretty good. I will say this. Dave, like you loved The Last Dance because it was about your Chicago Bulls and everything, and it was great and everything. This is half as long as The Last Dance, 60% as long, excuse me, 40% as long as The Last Dance because it's only four parts and twice as good as The Last Dance. This was uh, a wonderful thing to see. It was only six parts. It was 10 parts. What are you talking about? Semantics, semantics. Yeah, that, that, well said there, Fife. Yeah, no, it was the last dance was ten parts. This was four parts, four hours opposed to ten hours. And yes, all right, you guys will think, oh, he's promoting some because he's a med fan on this. My mother texted me about this show three weeks ago, and I didn't even know this was coming out. And I saw the trailer, and in my eyes, y'all know I. I, well, I don't read, but I catch up on things about my team. I, I know things historically about my team. I've seen documentaries about this. I'm just like, what the hell is this thing going to tell me that I don't already know? And over the four hours of this, it was still a great ride to see this from the doldrums of the late 1970s to the period of time in 84 through 86 where the Mets basically owned New York. And those have basically been the only three years where the Mets have been in New York town since it was fantastic to see it. The way the story makers did this, it, it was perfect. And I would say, Dave, for you, not a baseball fan, this is a great way to watch baseball without actually having to watch baseball. Fife, I'd say the same thing to you on that one. Any thoughts? I heard about it. I just, it uh, wasn't a priority, I guess you'd say. Yeah. That's what Eric texted me earlier today, too. So I will say this. I don't know if this moves the needle to anybody. One of the executive producers on this series was Jimmy Kimmel, who is actually a Met fan who was born and raised in Brooklyn. Apparently, he was born in the same. He was raised in the same neighborhood my mom was born in because she's a Brooklyn kid. Um, 
So I don't know if anybody likes Jimmy Kimmel, but I just wanted to throw that in. My one disappointment with this series, because the director of this series was actually on the We Gotta Believe podcast, the Barstool podcast with KFC and Clem about a week and a half ago. And I really thought they were going to go into the aftermath of this whole thing a lot more than they actually did. They went into the immediate aftermath, but not everything that has happened in the last 35 years since that happened. So that was kind of my one disappointment and the idea that the Wilpons really fucking killed the goddamn organization, the more role they had in it. So that's the only thing that pissed me off. But other than that, it's definitely all worth your time. Say is, all I'll say is I like Jimmy Kimmel better when he was man show Jimmy Kimmel, not so much like late night Jimmy Kimmel. Late night Jimmy Kimmel. Well, here's the deal. I in, man show. In 2000, by the time 2017 rolled around, I had watched so much late night that all of them kind of rolled into one, and I had to kind of disconnect from that. Jimmy Kimmel is good. I like Jimmy Kimmel. And the shit he does with Matt Damon is fucking hysterical. It really is. And I loved what he said when Don Rickles died, because he was friends with Don Rickles. And the monologue he gave the night Don Rickles died, you guys know I'm a big stand-up comic fan. I love Don Rickles. When he died, Kimmel was the one I wanted to see. And his monologue was fucking perfect when that happened. So I'm a fan of Jimmy Kimmel. That's all I'm going to say. All right. But we'll go on, though. Dave, again, thank you for staying on as long as you have. It's 840. I apologize for keeping you out as long as you do. Do you have anything else you want to say before you get out of here? Always a pleasure, gentlemen. Until next week. All right, man. Thanks for being here, brother. Stay sweaty, Dave. All right. Schmoros are sure. Wow. Okay, I fucked this up myself. First five. Time, first time. I was just going to give you credit for how well you've kept it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fife. Eric Fife. I'm sure you got baby Fife you got to deal with. Do you got anything else you want to throw in? Uh, no, I am uh, done, and that is it. And I thank you guys for it. It's been a pleasure to be on SportsZone again. It's been far too long. Yes, it uh, has. So. Thank you so much. And that jerk off over there, he's waving goodbye. And uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know what else. You give me the finger. So um, Larry, you know, he's probably half in the bag by now anyway. But thank you guys for having me. It's been great. Hopefully we can do this again. And, uh, you know, Larry's in town all football season. He's visiting. I'm making him stay next door because I can't deal with that much of Larry. But um, so, you know, maybe we can get together again sometime soon. Thanks, guys. All right, man. We'll see you next. We'll see you next week, Fife. All right, guys. All right, Eric. Well, I'm going to ask you this before we get out of here. Have you, like, I think a couple weeks ago, you said you caught up on what if. Have you seen the last couple episodes? No. Well, I'm through episode four, but I haven't seen anything up past. I'll tell you this, man. I haven't seen the zombie one. I haven't seen, you know, I've seen bits and pieces just because you can't avoid spoilers online, but. At the same time, I'll still watch it. I just haven't watched it yet. Well, I'll tell you this. From episode three to last week, they really went dark with this shit. And I liked it, but I'm, I'm going to be happy when they get back to the lighter shit, which apparently they're doing tomorrow with what if Thor was an only child? I just found out uh, a couple hours ago. That's tomorrow's episode. We're going to see party Thor and all that shit. So it, it'll be nice to get out of the heavy stuff. Because last I think week's you're ep- gonna get put right back in it, though. I think that's. Uh, I think it's gonna be a deep fake on you because uh, fake on you because even though it seems like party Thor in a fun episode, I have a feeling that all of this shit that's going on is eventually gonna tie together in some way. 
Well, yeah, I think, well, there's going to be like an Avengers style theme up, team up between the multiverse. I feel like that's what the finale is going to be because we've all seen that scene in the trailers where they kind of intercut the Avengers scene with the scene with Black Panther as Star-Lord and Gamora's there and a couple of the other guys. So, yeah, I agree with you, but I, 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 I want to get back to light and silly. I really do. I'm, I'm light and silly. I, li- I like goofy shit. So I want to get back to well, like you're going to get a whole bunch of that come Hawkeye. I, well, I'll tell you this. My mo- my mother is the one I thought of when that Hawkeye trailer dropped, because I the, the thing I always think of with my mother every Christmas, she blasts Andy Williams nonstop. And, you know, that was Andy Williams. Um, what was what was what was this? What was this? Uh, what was this all? Um, yeah. Most wonderful time of the year. Andy Williams. Yeah. That's that's a staple for my mother. So I watched that trailer and I just text my mother, you need to watch this fucking trailer right now. You're going to flip over the song. And she did. So I hope it's good. I hope it's good. Um, I, they haven't let me down. I know you've been disappointed. I'm fine with what we've gotten so far. So let's just keep Have it going. Have you seen Shang-Chi? I haven't seen it. Oh, I did actually. Yeah, I saw it about a week and a half ago. First time I've been back to the movie theater in about a year. Yeah. Um, overall, good movie, usual CGI fest for the ending, which kind of, you know, tampered it a little bit, but overall, very good movie. Um, I'm not going to put it in at a top 10, but it's definitely worth the watch. There's some great fight scenes and, um, he's not really the Mandarin like he is the Mandarin, but when Wu is his name, good, bad guy. I liked him in the movie. Overall, I thought the movie was really good. Okay. Yeah, definitely worth the watch. Definitely a thousand times better than Black Widow. Let me put it that way. So. Now, I'm just throwing it out there only because it's getting to be this time of year and I happened to see the trailer today. Did you see the trailer for the new trailer for the Halloween Kills? That one I haven't seen. I didn't even know it come out. I, I have to check that. I have to check that because I did see... I did see the Halloween that came out a couple years ago, which was the direct se- the quote unquote direct sequel to the first Halloween. I did see that, yeah. so I do I do want to see this sequel. I didn't see the trailer. I got to see that at some point. Was it good? The trailer was all right. Yeah, the trailer mm-hmm. was good. I mean, it was a slasher horror, you know, trailer. You know, mm-hmm. looks like it's going to be pretty bloody. Looks like it's going to going to go back to some pretty gory, slashy roots. So, mm-hmm. um. I I hope they stay in that lane and don't get too CGI. Don't get too. I can't see them doing that stuff. No, this should just be a good like old fashioned horror slasher film. So yeah, um, and um, what is it? David yeah. Gordon Green and Kevin McBride are the writers on it, right? I don't know the writers. I'll be honest with you. I'm I just pretty... know that Jamie Lee Curtis is back, and uh, you know she's doing her role again, and. You know, I guess they returned a, a bunch of other characters and stuff, but I don't follow the movies enough to really know all the different characters other than like Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael mm. Myers. Well, that's about, well, that's I'll about t- the extent of my 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 uh, knowledge there. I so I'll tell I you this: I don't the movies. I watch them, but I don't contain mm. a lot of them. I don't know how big of a horror movie fan you are. I've never been a big horror movie fan. The only two franchises that I really feel like I've followed and watched most of the movies are. Um, most of the movies that have come out the scream franchise. Cause let's be honest, we were teenagers when those movies came out. So that, that was my franchise. 
and the Halloween movies. I've seen basically, I don't remember half of them, but I know I've seen like the first six and I saw Halloween H2O when I was like four, 15, that movie came out. So Halloween is, yeah, I didn't see the Rob Zombie movies. I didn't see the Rob Zombie ones. But um, no, Halloween is a movie is a franchise I've basically I I've followed and I who doesn't love J Jamie Lee Curtis? Who doesn't love Jamie Lee Curtis? Come on now. Yeah, and I mean I got to be honest, I'm pretty much very similar that I didn't not big into horror movies. Did watch them, but like didn't always retain them. Never big into the franchises. Mm. Um, other than like saw maybe the first two screams. I don't know if I even saw the third. The third um, one was the weakest one. I'm not gonna lie. The third one was the weakest one. I, I saw I saw I the, the I second saw and the one third one. one in the theater. I know I did. And then like uh and uh Halloween I've seen, but again, Halloween I've seen maybe like three of them. I think I've seen Halloween, I think I've seen Halloween H2O, and I've seen like one other one, and none of the Rob Zombie ones. Like the only thing I think I've seen from Rob Zombie is I did see like Devil's Rejects. Um, was that any good? I, I was actually it, working it at was, the theater it, when it came out. I mean, it was a, a fucked up movie. <laughs> you know? That seems to be okay. the... Like, I mean, it's just like, but that's not my genre. So I'm not like, mm. oh my God, you gotta see this. Like, I'm just like, oh, it was uh, like, if you like horror, you'll probably like it. Like, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, best best yeah, thing Rob John... Yeah, but best thing Rob Zombie ever did, the only song of his I really know, Dragula. You know the song Dragula by Rob Zombie? I'd probably know it if I heard it. It's a fantastic song. The video had the fucking monster mobile in the background. Everybody's nodding their heads to the song. It was it was a fantastic video. I love that song. It's one of my all-time favorites. That's the only thing I really like about Rob Zombie, though, if I'm being honest. All right. Yeah. All right. We'll get... I, I, Eric, I know you want to get out of here. I, I want to bring something up real quick. And this is going to take... So you don't watch the Dark Side of the Ring show, right? No. A number of months ago, I brought up to you that Dark Side of the Ring was going to talk about the plane ride from hell. And I said it to you about this... I, I described it to you as this very, very funny story about boys being boys. Because this is how it was always described to me and how it was always talked about. But when a show called Dark Side of the Ring takes hold of something like this uh something bad always comes out and something bad came out this week um i don't know if you've heard about the backlash that rick flair has received off of this show uh, it's, a little bit i'm thinking it's a mean two movement stuff well i think it's i'm sure it, it's probably worse than that and i'm, I'm not trying to downplay yeah, it i just yeah, yeah. know i just know that it was something where there was people involved but then there was payouts and whatnot and you know, I know some, you know, stories didn't get out, you know, so yeah, I don't know what happened. Well, I, 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 sure I it wasn't good, so I don't want to downplay it. But at the same time, I don't know. So I don't want to accuse anybody of anything. Sure. I just think it's an all around shitty situation. Yes. With a whole bunch of guys who are hopped up on a whole bunch of shit, <laughs> doing a whole bunch of other different things. You know, that's well said. That, that's very well said, Eric. And, yes. and, and everything else. You know, nobody quite in the right mental state. And listen, that's no excuse either. But at the same time, like, you you, you, you could have, anybody could predict this. This is like, you know, it's like you could write this movie. Like It's been written before, I feel like. You know, that's pretty you know, well said. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, just to give you a little, I, I'm going to make this quick. 
So I told you the story about how Ric Flair would get drunk and then walk around in nothing but his robe and his alligator shoes, right? I've told you this mm -hmm. before, right? Okay. Yeah. So he did that on the plane ride, and everybody's popping because he does it for the boys. But, yeah, uh, apparently he is alleged to. And the woman who told this story was a flight attendant on the plane. He went to the galley and kind of pinned her and forced, kind of forced her to touch him. And that's... Ric Flair made the situation worse by flat out denying it. And it's like, dude, everybody knows you were drunk on this plane. It is entirely believable that this happened and you just don't remember it because you were in your 50s at the time and you're in your 70s now. If you just said, I've never intended to force my way upon anyone. And if I did it, I greatly apologize. But we all know I wasn't in my right mind at this time. So I apologize if I offended anyone. Everybody would have gone along with that because the aura that has been created about Ric Flair. Come on. Unfortunately, I love Ric Flair. Schmelrose, Fife loves Ric Flair. You love Ric Flair. We all love Ric Flair. He lived in that time period. He believed who he was. So the idea that this is probably not the only story, unfortunately, I can believe that one. That's see, that's see where we all have to, and I'm just going to be flat out honest with you. We all like Ric Flair, yes. We're all fans yes. of Ric Flair, yes. yes. But we're yes. fans of Ric Flair as a wrestler. Mm -hmm. None of us are fans of Ric Flair doing what he did outside of the ring. And that's the difference is he is playing a persona. He is playing a character. We enjoy that character. We enjoy that persona. We don't necessarily want to see him live that persona out full time amongst the real world people. And unfortunately, you know I mean? he, did it for, he did it for longer than he should have. I'll give you that. He oh, did it for longer than and, he should have. And, and listen, he came from a different era. All this stuff aren't excuses either, by the way. Like yeah, he, yeah, no, 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 absolutely. As stated, absolutely. As we stated earlier with, with other conversations, he's a grown-ass man who Fair makes enough. his own grown-ass decisions. And regardless of how wasted I've ever been in my entire life, blackout, drunk, stupid, I've never, ever once forced myself on a woman or forced anyone to do anything like that. So therefore I can look at myself and I can say, I've been as drunk as probably about anybody else could say they've ever been. I've <laughs> slammed beers with the best of them. I've drank until I was stupid. And I got to tell you, never once did that happen to me. Never mm -hmm. once did I have to, did I have to get put in that situation? Yeah. So you, regardless, that's not an excuse in my eyes. And you should take ownership. Listen, if you came to a settlement, you came to an arrangement, you did whatever, fine. Like, dude, be a man. Just say, listen, yeah, I got out of control. I fucked up that night. And like, you know, that's my bad. But yeah. tried to make restitution. I apologize. I did this. I did that. Like, you know, tried to turn my life around. Haven't done it since, you know, and you, and you kind of play, you know, that you're actually remorseful a little bit for the actions you did knowing that you've probably done it a thousand times over previous to that. And just yes. nobody's ever had the balls to come up and say anything because you were a superstar and nobody wants to upset the apple cart. You know what I mean? And how many other payoffs are there that people don't know about and everything else, you know, it's, I'm sure well this said. isn't a one-off situation. So at the I same agree. time, this is where everybody has to really like, when you look at role models and kids have role models and everything else, like, I hope kids understand, like, even athletes and everything else, as great as an athlete is on the field, it doesn't mean he's that great off the field. 
So you have to be careful when you pick and choose like the role models that you really look up to. But at the same time, you could be a fan of somebody and the persona they are, but not necessarily the man they are. And that's kind of where I'm at right now with Ric Flair. Mm. Uh, always enjoyed him as a wrestler. Always thought he was, you know, an entertaining guy. But at the same time, I definitely don't look at him through the same lenses now. And I definitely see him as, you know, not more of a predator or anything else, but just more of like a creepy douchebag, you know, mm. than a guy who was, you know, fun loving, just kicking life's ass. You know what I mean? So well, that's, to, that, that's where I feel. To kind of sum up what you're saying here in a, in a little bow, Charles Barkley, I think he got a lot of shit in the mid-90s when he came out with the commercial. But I think we can all agree, I'm not a role model. Parents, teachers, they're the role models. He got shit for that one. But I think the sentiment he was trying to portray is one that you're going with and one that I agree with. Just because you like the athletes don't mean you should model your life around everything they do. Exactly. So I think, yeah, so I think that's all that needs to be said there. But it's worth a watch. I like the show. Unfortunately, we can never talk about Ric Flair walking around nothing but his robe and his alligator shoes in a funny way ever again, which sucks because I always thought that was just a funny visual. But uh, yeah, now you got the undercurrent under there and it's not good. So with that, Eric, you got anything else you want to throw in here? No, my Yankees fucking suck. Fire everybody <laughs> in New York. Cashman, Boone, Gettleman, Judge. It's a f- fucking fire sale. Don't just stop right. Go. Don't just stop. Mar- right, don't Mar- just Mar- stop Mar- there. Rojas. Th- fire Rojas. Fire the whole yeah. Mets front office. Yeah, yeah. Just so you clunk their heads together like the three stooges. There you, you know go. I mean? like, there you go. Stupid. Yes. You know, just you three morons. Get your act together and get the get everybody back in better shape and better for next year. This year sucks. Yeah. 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 I think that's well said, Eric. So with that season's over and it's week two already. This sucks. Thank God I'm a fan of college football. Yeah. You do have you gotta get into college football. I'm sorry. There's really no excuse. Like I'm sorry. There's games. games, Even if you want to get into fucking West Coast games, I don't give a shit. There are games on at midnight. There's games on at fucking like 3 a.m. You want to watch Hawaii or some shit. There are games on all the guys. There are games on Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday. They play every day of the week, practically, you can find a game on. There is no reason not to watch some college football. So I don't care if it's not the biggest school. I don't care if it's not the best school. Just start watching some college football because you're going to enjoy it. It's football. And I got to be honest, you're probably going to end up enjoying it more than you think you're going to enjoy it. And it might actually be something you, you, you trend towards because, again, all these players you end up watching, you end up seeing in the pros anyway. So, mm. or you want to see in the pros, or you're hoping, like, hey, listen, this guy's got potential. You're watching this team or that team. Just watch. There's a yeah. million games on. That's the beauty of it. I want to bring this up because you guys no sold this when I brought this up in our chat over the weekend. So, I, I had to make a display of certain graphics that represented New York football. So I made this display and I put a dumpster fire right in the middle of it. And I did it to represent our show. I did it to represent our show. And that made me laugh to no end. What's your display about New York football? Well, it's all these different New York-centric designs and you got a dumpster fire right in the middle of it. And it makes me laugh every fucking day that I see it. I think it's pretty funny. 
Listen, you should really put a sports zone logo. Just make a dumpster fire and write sports zone with it, like, like coming out of the go coming out. Put it on a hat and we'll all wear it. No, you put it on the felt because if you put a dumpster, I, I like the reason why I didn't put the dumpster fire on a Mets hat or a Giants hat is I just kind of figured it wouldn't sell. If you put it on the felt, you have a chance that someone will be like, "Yeah, that's really funny. I'll put that on the hat." Listen, and you don't I, I you don't kill it. the hat, huh? I would buy it. Yeah, but you put it on the felt to show people what they can get on the hats is the thing, and you don't lose anything with that. So, yes, yes, there you go. All right, Eric Tressler, always a pleasure, brother. This was a great show. Do you have any final thoughts, my friend? Stay sweaty. Stay sweaty, Eric, yes. And I am Mike Agliolaro for Dave Hastings. Eric Fife, Larry Schmelrose, Eric Tresser. Thank you, everybody, for listening on all our various podcasting outlets, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor, Bullhorn. We thank you for listening to us, no matter how you're listening to us. Once again, I am Mike Agliolaro. We will see you all next week.